other guy come in and preach. And we just have so many, I, I, I want to make sure I can um, grab them. And someday when I'm gone and I come grab you, uh, you're going to have to say yes. It's just one of our rules. You say yes and you preach whether you're scared to or not because that's, that's sort of how life works. You just do the thing you need to do whether you're scared to do it or not. Uh, and we're, we're really... Glad to be back, man. We were uh, we had a good time, but we really miss our church family. Miss you guys. Uh, the kids stayed with my parents or Rachel's parents for about a week, so we're deprogramming them. You gotta, you gotta. Why can't why can't I have another fruit snack? Well, because you're dying, and if you keep eating these, it's not real food. Uh, so, but we're glad to be back. Uh, Notice this isn't Philippians. We're taking one more week break of Philippians because I want to uh, talk about what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, so we're going to get a jump start on our summer evening services, our sum, summer evening sermons tonight. And, and we'll continue this um, at 5 o'clock tonight. 5 o'clock. Now, some of you didn't come at 6 because you were like, well, that's a little late for, to get the kids out. When, when, when am I going to eat? Which that really, doesn't that determine like 100% of your decisions? Well, now that it, now it's, you're going to eat after church. You're not going to eat. You're, you, you will be able to come and uh, worship with us tonight, um, hear a sermon about uh, the God is good. And listen, the Sunday evening sermons are different than the Sunday morning sermons. They're more casual. You can ask questions, although um, I might not answer them very well. Uh, we, we have this, it, it's different, you'll enjoy it, uh, and we are going to be looking at something tonight that I think might be beneficial for all involved, and we'll get to that in a little bit. So please come tonight, 5 o'clock here, and then we'll be done by 6, you can go eat, the Baptists will still be in church, you hear me? You, you can go eat, it'll be great, alright? So, we are um, meeting here tonight at 5. When I, uh, I remember when, when Clara turned one, we had a Sesame Street birthday party for her. She loved Sesame Street. She uh, loved Elmo, and that was just such a, she just got so excited when Elmo came on the TV. So Rachel said, um, Clara's birthday was in uh, August, August 25th. So Rachel, about four months ahead of time, said, I'm going to start planning this party. You realize that like on the third kid on the first birthday party, you're like, oh, that's today. <laughs> but on the first one, I'm going to start planning this party. We had, we, we went, we, we had the use of the church's multipurpose room uh, in, in, down in Texas, about the same size as this one. Um, we, we put on the wall a, 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 a picture collage of birth to one year old, and you could walk down this timeline of her life. We had a video running of different pictures of her. We had a, an idol, a shrine in the back. <laughs> Not really, but those two were pretty close, right? Then we had, uh, we had, we went down the day before, and Rachel said, okay, I'm not sure how I'm going to arrange the tables and chairs. And of course, I'm, I'm a guy. And so I said, well, why don't we just do them like this? Just 
they're out. Well, then we just have people. She's like, oh, but we kind of want people to kind of be together. And maybe when she eats her cake, and do we? How is everyone going to see them? So why don't we just do them like this? And she kind of drew it up, and then um, she stood there and watched because she was pregnant with Macy, and she couldn't lift tables. So I was doing the tables and the chairs and putting them in order and putting them in place and laying them out. And I'm like, there, all right, when? And then I would say to her, when are we going to eat? Because, again, that determines everything. And she would say, oh. My heart would sink just a little bit. I don't think I want them like that. Three times that happened. Not only was she indecisive, but she had what we call in our house pregnant brain. And I don't know if this is universal, but that keeps her from making good, like, quick decisions. Is it universal? Okay. I wouldn't know. So, she, we finally figured out. Got the chairs, the tables in the right order. We got the cake in the right place. We got the, we're going to serve food here. We're going to put the presents here. We're going to have, we're going to do this first and then this second and this third. And we, Rachel second guessed almost everything like that. The reason being is she wanted to evaluate every little detail of the party so that the party would be perfect for the one for whom it was thrown. Now, that leads me to think about something that happened in the very beginning. I don't know if you know... um, your Bible all that well, but Genesis 1 is the beginning of it. You kind of have to be a scholar to know things like that. But there is a um, beautiful poem, a Hebrew poem in Genesis 1, that tells us about what happened in the beginning. In the beginning, actually it starts out saying there was nothing. It was dark and formless. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Another way to translate actually that is God was sending the winds over the waters. And then the poem starts out like this. And God said, let there be light. And there's a a certain rhythm to this particular Hebrew poem. It's there was light. And it was good. There was evening. There was, fir- there was evening. There was morning. The first day. And that's, how the, that's how the verses end. It was good. There was evening. There was morning. The second day. Actually, the second day there wasn't anything good. For some reason, they don't, he doesn't say it was good on the second day. And the best understanding of that is, um, there was water, and in the Hebrew mind, all evil came from water, uh, go figure, and uh, so whenever God separates the water from above and the water below, it doesn't say it's good, it's just the evening, the morning, the second day. Third day, he divides the water, he pushes the water back, and, and dry land appears, and there's all sorts of vegetation on the land, and it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning. The third day. 
The fourth day, he starts filling the, start, the things that he did in the first day, and the second day, and the third day. And on the fourth day, he fills the light and governs the light with the sun, the moon, the stars. And it was evening, and it, I mean, it was good, and it was evening, and it was morning. The fourth day. Fifth day is the same sorts of thing. He wants to put on, put fill the, the water that he separated. And so we got birds in the sky and fish in the sea. And I always mess that up and I just nailed it. I always flip them. There's always fish in the sky, birds in the sea. But there, there's a, there, that, that's how it's working now. Is that, is that, God is filling things with birds and fish and He tells the birds and the fish, be fruitful and multiply. And God sees that it is good. And it is evening and it is morning. The fifth day. The fourth day. The fifth day. The sixth day, He fills the land. And He starts with the animals, the animals, and he tells them, it is, be fruitful and multiply. And he says of the animals, it is good. And then he makes man. And there's no, it is good. Go back and read it. There's no good. He, doesn't, he does not make man and then say, it is good. He makes man in his own image, and he blesses them. Read uh, Genesis 1 with me. Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the every living creature that moves along the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. And there was evening. And there was morning. The sixth day. So God makes man. And says. Instead of saying it's good. Instead of evaluating man. God says. Look at all of this. This is yours. So in the first hour, Rachel said, let there be chairs. And she spoke and it was so. In the second hour, she said, let there be tables, and she spoke, and it was so. The third, she said, let there be cake, and cake did cometh.
And she reevaluated over everything over and over again, laid it out and said, this is how it would be. And she evaluated and said, that's good, that's good, that's good. And when Clara walked in, Clara, <laughs> this, she, she had this tutu that was as, as wide as she was tall. And when Clara walked in, Rachel didn't even once think, well, that wasn't good enough. You need to come in better. Because you don't evaluate the one that you were creating things for. Because you created it for them. Let us make man in our image. And this, the things we've evaluated, the things we have worked on, the things we have created, those will be theirs. So he makes man in his own image and he says, this is a good creation for We are God's good creation. So much so that God created this thing for us. We are valued by God. And I, I, think, we, I think I have to say this on a regular basis because the, genu, the, the typical chorus you hear within Christian circles is I... We are unworthy, unholy. We are scum. We are disgusting and awful people. But yet God saved us. But that's not the message that God sends our way. God never says, you are, I don't like you. He actually says, I remember Deuteronomy, I said, almost said to remember Deuteronomy 23. Like everyone's like, oh yes, of course. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord, not even in the 10th generation. For they did not come to meet you with bread and water on your way when you came out of Egypt. And they hired Balaam, son of Beor, from Pethor in Aram Naharim. Oh man, did not nail that one. To pronounce a curse on you. However, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. God, God loved His people. That's why we don't say, for God re- saw the world as dirty and gross and disgusting and sinful and worthless and He needed to redeem it. No, it's for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. God loves His creation. Before you make it right, before you get good, before you get saved, before you find Jesus, God loves you. And you're j- just where you Now, we know that Jesus is the way to salvation. We follow this Jesus because He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrected King. But the reason Jesus is the resurrected King is because God loves you. And sometimes we don't feel like we're worth love. But the one who created the heavens and the earth thinks you are. Sometimes we don't feel like we're worthy of, of someone doing something nice for us. Notice when someone will hand you something, like they'll, they'll pay for your dinner and we'll say, oh, that wasn't necessary. 
like that person who did that thought it was necessary. They weren't doing it because it was necessary. They were doing it because they love you. We, we have a hard time accepting love and gifts from others. Sometimes we don't feel like we're worth it. But God thinks you are. God thinks that you are a good creation. Yes, we're fallen, we're broken, we're sinful. But God loves you. It wasn't God sent His one and only Son so that God could so love the world. It was God so loved the world so that He sent His only Son. 1 John says it like this. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God, or that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I think one of the things we run into sometimes is we think, well, I'm not really lovable. And we work on that. Whether it's our, you know, I, we have a lot of not enoughs in our mind. You have a lot of not enoughs. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not fat enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. I'm not nice enough. I'm not kind enough. We have all these things in our mind that tell us that we aren't worth it. And God thinks otherwise. God begs to differ. And He sent His Son to show us His love. Not sent His Son so that we'll be worthy of love. Not sent His Son so that we might somehow get on the right track and get, understand the Bible properly and have all the right opinions and all the right doctrine and understand Scripture the right way. God loved you first. God loved you first. You know what that's like. Maybe you got a child or a niece or a nephew. And you love them. They don't love you all that much at first. I'm just going to be tell I'm going to tell you. Someone who loves you that much wouldn't do those things to you. They're just helpless and they need something and you love them so much that you give it. You know what that's like. And so we, we, we think I'm not worthy enough and we don't get it in our heads that God loves us. That God thinks, thinks you're worth it. That Jesus thought you were worth it. Let the Spirit move in you and convince you that you're worth it. Because you are. You are worth it to God. God loves you. And if we can get that in our heads, what happens is not only do we feel better about ourselves, but we feel better about other people. I'm not perfect. God loves me. God also calls me to love people who aren't perfect. 
And if I can, if I can sit in the love of God, undeserved, but yet He thinks I'm worth it. If I can sit there, then I can invite others in. The love of God is contagious, but we often fight it off with a stick made of our own low self-esteem. And we don't, we don't catch it. You're totally worthy of God's love. He thought you were worth it. He thought you were worth it. You think, well, I'm not. Yeah, you're not. You're right. Everyone's not. Everyone's not enough. That's why there's that second part of he loved us so much that he sent his only son. And the paraphrases of that, paraphrase of that is he sent his only son so that we will be enough. That we too will be exalted with Jesus. We're worth it. We are God's good creation. And God loves you right where you sit. That's why, that's why we're, we're not telling you um, you need to change so that you can be a Christian. That's such a backward concept. You need to follow Christ so you can change. It's ridiculous to think that anyone could change without Jesus. It's silly to think that anyone could be Christ-like without Christ. But you, you're invited not because God just thinks you, man, he get, needs to get his stuff together. You're invited because God loves you. You're invited because the, the creator of the heavens and earth loves you. We saw all sorts of things this, um, this past week. It's crazy that, 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 I mean, almost like a, a change state versus state. Um, you're like, hey, man, Alabama's beautiful. But you think anything coming out of Mississippi. Um, that is awful. I'm sorry. No, Mississippi had its, its parts. Uh, but there's... There, there are... It, it, there's... Just one, and what I love about vacation is not, I've seen the ocean, but I love running into different people. People who are not like me. People who are, um, weird would be too strong, but weird. Uh, that not, just not normal, not what I'm used to. Have different accents and different thought processes and think things are have different social boundaries. Like, why are they standing this close to me? And they're all different. And some differences make me cringe. Not like disgust, but like, oh, why are they doing that? Oh, no. And but God loves them. It is such a neat exercise to, walk, to watch people and think, these people are so different from me and God loves them as much as he loves me. There's this glowing hope in the creation that God created that, I, that God loves this, these people. These people who struggle with different things than I struggle with, these people who, are di- who are come from different places, 
from which I come. There's so much differences, and God loves it all. We have a God who created a creation and loves it. It may be broken. It may be fallen. But God loved his good creation so much that he sent his one, his one and only, only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. God... God loves you. That's the basis of Christian thought. The love of God for his good creation is the, is the springboard from which all of Christian belief and doctrine jumps. And it might be the springboard from which you jump today. Today is the day I start following Jesus. Not because it's the day that you decided that you're, you're good enough. But it's the day that you realize God loves you. And that you want to follow that God. That you want to share in that death, burial, and resurrection that we find in Jesus. That That is the God of things that are good. The God of good creation. Tonight we're going to go all Charlie Brown on you. And uh, it's going to be the God of good grief. And we're going to talk about what it's like when you're sad. And why the American uh, or the Western understanding of grief is not a healthy one. And why when you're sad, that's okay. And how to handle that, and how to, what God is doing in those moments. So tonight we're going to talk about grief. And after that we're going to talk about food, and we're going to talk about um, relationships, and we're going to talk about kids, and we're going to talk about wealth, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the things that God gives that are good and just like everything taken to an extreme and we're going to find this with with every other thing taken to an extreme good things become bad things but in this particular situation the love of God taken to an extreme means his son on the cross and it's in the extreme love of God for his creation that we find salvation through Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. If you want to be in relationship with that God, if you want to be connected with that God, if you want to follow that Jesus, today's the day. We will celebrate with you. Please come forward while we stand and while we sing.